Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So... When does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, glad to be at the end of the week. Uh, this was uh, this was a pretty big one work-wise for me. I uh, expect it was for many of our listeners as well, but it's just a uh, it's one of those weeks. But, hey, we had some uh, fun things happen this week, too, right? Uh, well, we had a great week. You know, we had a couple of good shows. There was an eclipse yeah. that we yeah. didn't get to talk about in our earlier shows this week because those were pre-recorded, actually, uh, before we uh, could could talk about the eclipse. So here we are now, finally, a few days later, giving our – why don't we just start tonight with our eclipse updates? Huh? I, I – uh, believe I mentioned that I tr- was traveling to Kansas City. I don't know if I said this on the show. I actually traveled to Kansas City, Missouri, to check out the eclipse there because the airport was in the zone of totality. We were we were planning as a family to take a trip up to Wyoming, and the stories of impending traffic chaos finally uh, persuaded my wife that that was not a fun thing for the kids to do, and she just put me on a plane and sent me to Kansas City where I could see the eclipse and... <laughs> Uh, it was great, you know. It was uh, it was a beautiful day there, except for the fact that clouds kept coming in, and it got really cloudy right around the time of totality. So I saw just before totality, just for a few seconds, and then it was cloud cover. But I was there. I did get to witness the world getting dark, and I could see the horizons where they had that pink sunset effect going on. So I I, I got most so of the cool. total eclipse experience. I, I would really have liked to have looked up in the sky and seen that seen that disc up there but you know we got another shot in seven years so looking forward that's right 2024 and it's going to be right in my neck of the woods uh that's right so you'll have no excuse for not going to none none whatsoever to to not be right in the zone of totality uh and uh phil uh, i'll i'll uh i'll host you if uh you want you and your family want to when it comes to see that one in seven years. So that well wow that's very generous thank you Stephen. well we we might just have to take you up on that you know, I, I feel like uh, uh, hotel rooms will be much the same in seven years as it was this time. I mean, it, pretty much uh, anywhere along the line of totality. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have a hotel room with you know even nine months ago. You know, it it's was, true. Uh, is, yeah, we we had a we had a room up in Casper, Wyoming, and the reservation was quote misplaced. I think probably sold to a higher bidder, 
is what happened there. And so that changed our driving plans. And then finally, we just we abandoned the, the, the driving idea altogether. But uh, yeah, no, that's not, that sounds great. So what was your Eclipse experience like? Well, it was it was pretty fun actually, and uh, and a lot uh, and and a lot more eclipsey than I thought it was. Down here, <laughs> down here, down here in Shreveport, Louisiana, we're you know we were in the gray zone, right? And right. Um, and so we you know went went to a local restaurant that was packed out because they made the announcement that we're giving away you know solar eclipse glasses. So I mean, it, you know, word of word to the wise uh, for business owners, if you you know want to. Fill your business at the time of a solar eclipse. Have a bunch of solar eclipse glasses and announce you're giving them away. Because I mean, oh yeah, day of after everybody room, thinks they can't room. get them anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so we went there. Uh, had had a, had a nice meal at this restaurant, and uh, and it was it was only about twelve thirty when I stepped outside and put the glasses on and looked at the sun, and uh, I, you know I rushed right back in and said, "Kids, come on out! It's already starting." And uh, um. It was it was really neat, to, you know, be out there with the kids and seeing this, and and um, I noticed that it it changed really slowly at, at the beginning of the eclipse, and then towards as it got closer to you know as 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 much as we were going to get, it seemed like the the uh, moon you could almost see the moon moving across the face of the sun as it as it, you know as almost as if it accelerated uh, the movement uh, as as it got closer to the totality that we got, right? And, right, uh, right. I would, I would say uh, the sun was uh, about seventy percent blocked at, at the oh, maximum, okay. and so it was quite a bit darker. It was, uh, you know, it was, you know, almost twilight. Um, uh, you know, where we were, uh, certainly no stars. Uh, I understand in the zone of totality, if uh, the brighter stars could be seen uh, at the. That's what they say. Yeah. Of course, it was very cloudy uh, in uh, where you were, City, but, so I didn't uh, see that. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, um, you know, so we didn't see any stars, but it was uh, quite a bit darker, and uh, it was just a neat experience. The kids loved it, and we. Uh, uh, I said, well, you know, we'll see it in seven years, and you know, and and the kids are going well, seven years. I'll be an adult then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they have no idea how soon seven years comes along. Yeah, right? seven years flies when you're our age. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Believe me, uh, that's nothing. This is this this I'm, becomes I'm the rehearsal the host for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's to me. That's just you know around the block. We might as well yeah, exactly you know, go yeah, and lock just, that down. That Phil's coming for a visit. Anyway, <laughs> so we're just counting it down. So so that that that'll right. be cool. So now we're look now we can really count down to 2024 and the big one. We're going to call that the. This wasn't the big one. That's going to be the big one. So we'll that's the that. big one. And uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll obviously, see obviously a hope for clear skies because that makes all the difference i'm sure well and hopefully by uh by the time 2024 comes along i'll be able to get there in four hours because our show tonight is called anywhere in four hours and we're going to get to that story in just a moment we've got several kind of space related stories to talk about but before we jump into that we've got kind of a holdover from our wednesday show we did a list of lists of great stuff on wednesday and one of our lists kind of had to have be a little repaired by us as we were as we were talking through it, so here's a bonus list, basically. Okay, you've you've put together Absolutely. here the ten the ten most significant scientific discoveries of the year so far at futurism.com. Check them out. Wonderful things going on in the world of science. Wonderful discoveries. And if you listen faithfully to this show, how many surprises for you on that list, Stephen? Oh, I don't know that we had any surprises on the list. Um, it, we have covered at least tangentially. 
every, I think every story on this list. Uh, and so we're going to, we ought to just kind of touch on them briefly. Um, scientists uh, successfully edit the first human embryo ever in the United States. We did mention that. And, uh, yes, we did. I think it, uh, fairly recently, about a, about a year ago, I mean, excuse me, about a month ago, um, we mentioned this. And, uh, they, they used CRISPR and, uh, and they, uh, edited a gene linked to heart conditions. It was successfully deleted from human embryo. And, uh, that, and yeah, yeah, the date on the, uh, date of the story is July 27th. So this is very recent. Very recent one. Then scientists have finally created metallic hydrogen. We talked about that when that broke. It seems like that was several mm-hmm. months ago. I don't know, five, six yeah, months yeah. ago probably when when that occurred. And, of course, that's going to be, well, basically just one of our great futuristic materials of the future, right, metallic hydrogen, uh, superconductor. Yeah, you know, a little like transparent aluminum or something. Yeah. Right? It's one of those things that uh, would have a uh, – Kind of, it kind of be a neat thing. But anyway, yeah, this this one's a few months old. Uh, it looks like this story came out in January. I'm yeah, sure. we'll be using it for starships and things of that ilk. What else? That's right. Scientists discover an alien planet that's the best candidate for life as we know it. So it's a rocky planet. Uh, it it's, um, has just a number right now, not a name. LHS1140B. Uh, it's in the habitable zone of its star, and it's a mere 40 light years away. And so, um, it, uh, it it looks like a uh, looks like a, a candidate for for life. So, you know, we'll, you know uh, what I like about that one is it's a perennial headline, evergreen headline. Scientists discovered an alien planet that's the best candidate for life as we know it. Yeah, that's right. You'll get, we'll you'll get the same the headline again in candidate. six months, and it'll be a different planet, right? It'll be. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> at some point, it'll be you know, and uh, we can tell there is one. You know. <laughs> yeah, and they called. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That's right. They're, they're saying hello. Um, Next one is okay. a, a world first CRISPR trial will edit genes inside the human body. So we've, you know, we've we've talked about the human embryo that had the disease removed. Now we're actually talking about applying CRISPR technology, applying this gene editing technology within living human beings. And this is the distinction that Ray Kurzweil likes to make. He says he's he's not looking forward to designer babies as much as he is designer baby boomers. Right. Yeah, there you to, go. Yeah. He wants exactly. to be able to, uh, for uh, we adults to decide how to edit our own genomes. And and it doesn't have the same uh, ethical problems, does it, uh, uh, that designing a baby would, a baby that doesn't have any say in how it's being designed by humans. Right. So um, uh, although, you know, I, I think it's a it's a pretty easy ethical decision when what you're doing is deleting genes that would uh, cause disease, hunting right. disease or you know, um, sickle cell anemia, uh, these, these single gene diseases, uh, I don't think any, anybody really would have much of an ethical problem with those being deleted, but you get beyond that. And, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, it'd be better for we adults to make decisions about our own genomes rather than, than, uh, than, you know, have babies, but that's just, that's a discussion for another day. We got, well, it's, you know, it's, it is an important distinction though. The, the, the thing is no one, no, you don't have those same kind of, you don't have a vote objections to this, right? Yes. At, at, at this point, it becomes the same as applying any kind of, any kind of treatment. And uh, one day soon, I think most kinds of treatments are going to involve some kind of genetic tampering. I think that's going to become kind of the go-to way that we fix things in the this future. Is, and This is how we do it. Right. Yeah, and I, well. I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get fixed up at the 
at the genetic, at the molecular level. How about this breakthrough initiative will grow organs and regenerate human tissue? So a lot of big stuff, you know, when you look at this list, a lot of big stuff happening right along, right around the biotech area, isn't it? That, that's kind of where we're seeing some big headlines so far this year. That's right. This next one is uh, completely different, though. It's DeepMind has taught an AI to do something quite remarkable. And uh, this, this uh, I've seen videos of this circulating around Facebook and other social media. It's uh, this little stick figure kind of guy running along and jumping and jump, uh, hurdling, you know, obstacles and jumping over gaps and things like that. And you think, well, what kind of weird thing is this? Because it it moves strange, right? Right. But it's right. a it is an AI that is that is doing this based on the physics given in this virtual world. It is right. figuring out how to walk and run and jump and and everything is, it's uh, it's you know it's pretty remarkable science. Uh, it, it looks pretty strange, but uh, it's and kind of funny maybe, but um, it's, it's it's pretty neat. Very cool. Uh, SpaceX's historic launch proves recycled rockets are the future of space ex- exploration. Obviously, we did talk about this, and this was Many this times. was huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah sp- SpaceX is doing it. You know, I mean, they're they're actually doing it. They're landing rockets and then taking them off again. And they're not only taking them off again; they're flying them into space, and they've more than proved I think the one, concept. One particular rocket point. has flown three times now, so yeah, that's pretty neat. So, so if, if if you wonder if we're ever going to have real reusable rockets, we got them now, thanks to SpaceX. It's a real thing. Okay, um, now this next one, Phil, might be one we, if we touched on it, it was just sort of we grazed on it when we were talking about other things. Uh, um, what was there is a picture in the article here of a lamb, uh, an embryo. It's almost, you know, it looks like it's full term actually. Fluid-filled bag lets lambs develop outside the womb. Humans are next, and this is kind of a big deal. If you know uh, that uh, as a doctor that a, a, a baby is, you know, in terrible shape uh, in in utero, um, you know they they have done surgery. Uh, on on children in utero, and then the children went full. The, the the baby went full term, was delivered normally, and everything's fine. Uh, but what if you had the option of, you know, the the baby coming out of out of the mother? You you have the uh, have the surgery, and the baby going to term inside of an artificial womb. Uh, that that uh, might open up you know opportunities to save babies that could have been saved. Uh, Using other methods, uh, or you know, maybe reduces the risk, uh, or you know, allows allows greater interventions um, that that the baby needs or something. But it's, it also, it's we're not going to get into it, but also potentially has something huge to say about the abortion controversy down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, pretty much if any baby uh, can be saved, uh, if any embryo can be saved uh, at any point in the in the process, then uh, you know. Um, what does that what does that say, what, what does that do to abortion? What are the, uh, the arguments for abortion? So I mean, it's uh, uh, that, yeah, you're right. There's there's, there's ethical uh, things to consider there as well. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a huge it's a huge step forward. Then we've got this breakthrough in quantum computing set to transform our world. Now this one is big, and we have definitely talked about it. The 51 qubit quantum computer unveiled at the 2017 International Conference on Quantum Technologies. This is this is we potentially the beginning of the quantum computing era. Yeah. Remember, we almost had a, qu- a called shot on this one because I think a show, 
like, you know, right before uh, this, this announcement on July 28th or, you know, maybe a couple of weeks before, we were talking about how, you know, anything above 50 uh, cubits, you know, and, and how the experts would say anything above 50 cubits is when the quantum uh, world and the quantum computer gets real. Right. Right. It becomes exactly. it becomes something that, uh, um, you know, to contend with. And uh, and I mean, like within a couple of weeks of us uh, talking about that, then this comes out. And so and yeah, pretty neat stuff there. And then finally, we've got Google's AlphaGo proves its metal against a team of five. This is this is big. Of course, we we did report on when AlphaGo beat the grand champion of Go and dem- demonstrated a level of intelligence that was not predicted to be available for a decade or for many years by by most right. experts. Right. I mean, the experts were saying that, you know this this game is just too complicated. It's almost it, it has almost more to do with uh, um, instinct rather than, you know, uh, being able to, you know, you almost have to feel your way to the right solution. Um, but, uh, you know, it, and, it, and it was like, you know, they were coming up with the best move of five masters of the game. Right. Uh, now now it's five masters game. together versus the computer, yeah. and the computer's still winning. So this uh, is... Yeah, this is consistently. So that's... Uh, there you a are, tremendous yeah. demonstration of artificial intelligence, as the as the headline reads. Okay, well there you go. So there's a list of great stuff. Check it out. It's in the links, and you can just kind of, if you didn't hear Wednesday's show, listen to that. Read that list if you're if you're looking for, as we said, a little a little pickup. If you're looking for a little a little positive boost in light of all the negative stuff you see in the media these days, I think what's going on in science and just a lot of stuff that's kind of going on behind the scenes makes for a much happier world. All right, so let's look at uh, let's look at what our show is actually about here tonight. We've got the uh, several stories, as I mentioned, about space. The first one: Elon Musk reveals his SpaceX spacesuit, and this is really just a video. You should follow the links, folks, and check this out. But Stephen, you've had a chance to look. What do you think of the SpaceX spacesuit? It looks like a spacesuit designed by Apple. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a thing. Is that of, good or bad? It's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty compared to. You know, the clunky uh, NASA designs or, you know, not just to pick on NASA, but, I mean, uh, every other spacesuit you've ever seen, cosmonauts included, right? It's, uh, this, this thing is a thing of beauty. It's, I, and part of the secret is, you know, with uh, normal spacesuits or, you know, spacesuits we've seen up till now, the way they keep the pressure, you have to, you know, you your body exerts 14.7 pounds per square inch uh, of pressure moving out, right? And you have to, and it has to be met with uh, similar pressure pressing into your body, right? And uh, right, and we have that we have that on, on you know on the old planet Earth, right? But uh, in space you don't, and uh, and so they have to ma- you have to maintain that pressure. And the way they do it, obviously, is just I mean you're inside of a balloon basically, right? Well, the problem with that is movement inside of a balloon every movement a, an astronaut makes they're they're having to they're exerting against basically a balloon right that's right. wanting right. to what you know like the like the kid in um, the christmas story who couldn't put his arms down right right he's, he's, he's so bundled up he yeah and he falls down he can't get up right <laughs> that's right well it's a little bit like that for the astronauts and uh so what did uh what's elon musk doing here he's 
they've got a structure inside the suit that's uh, uh, pushing. It's pushing against the uh, the astronaut. It's uh, it's it's not just air pressure inside the suit that's uh, maintaining the pressure against it. It's the actual structure of the suit itself, squeezing the astronaut and. Uh, and, and by doing that, then they can build normal joints into the system, and uh, and you can, you know, you can move normally, and uh, or at least more normally, right? So, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Now, one thing they say is it appears to be more of a flight suit than one designed for spacewalks. So, this could be the ultimate streamlined-looking suit, but you might see a somewhat bulkier suit for EVA. Well, and we'll see if that turns out to. Uh if that turns out, to I be guess the case. you know the the more a the environment is like Earth, the, the less bulkier it, have, it would have to be. So a a space suit that would be sufficient for you know Mars would be less bulky than a, than a, what would re, be required for a spacewalk uh, or being on the moon. Um, and uh, but but it'd still be pretty. It'd still be a whole lot more bulky than the flight suit by used by high uh, high altitude pilots right so exactly um, yeah so so d- depending uh, on who's using this spacesuit for what w- will determine whether we're going to see much bulkier or even less bulky editions uh, of it we'll have to we'll have to stay tuned and see and 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 see how it's used and and see what other what other tasks it's it's put to Okay, let's move on. We've got space could leave you blind, and scientists say they finally figured out why. Well, this is a little disconcerting. This is kind of on the, the downer side of traveling into space. I guess this has been going on for some time. People go into space. If they spend, their, if they spend a good deal of time in space, it has negative impact on their vision. I hadn't actually heard about that. This is completely new. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of bad things that happen to you in zero-G. And, uh, one of them is your vision. It, uh, and, and yeah, if you're, if you're in space a long period of time, if you're, you know, you've taken up residence for nine months at, a in the, uh, uh, International Space Station, you, you're going to have changes to your vision. And, uh, and, and it's usually permanent. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, there's, you know, there's other things. I mean, there's lots of bad things that happen to you in zero G. You know, your, your bones weaken. You, I mean, uh, heartburn is a huge problem for these astronauts because you know you're you don't have gravity holding your food down, and right. uh, so I mean, just yeah, it's just um, it's a it's a big big nasty thing. Now, um, Christine uh, um, Peter, it's Christine Peterson. I'm saying her name right, correct? Um, yeah. If you're talking about Christine she, Peterson, then yes. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm talking about the right one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she she shared this on Facebook and said, "Hey, we just need to start." Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, using uh, spinning space stations. We just need to begin working with artificial gravity, and it's, it's something we've always been kind of shy about doing. It's uh, you've got a whole. It's a whole other level of complexity when you're spinning something, you know. And right. Um, and they, they just never felt comfortable enough to do it. But you know what? If we're if we're going to spend a lot of time in space, it's it's going to be something that needs to happen. Well, they, they need to start experimenting with it because one of the things we, we need to find out is will centrifugal force, it should, but will it actually provide the same benefits as gravity? So will it will it prevent the deterioration of musculature and, and, and skeleton? Will it aid in digestion? Will it prevent your 
eyes from going bad. I mean, this is, you know, we always think about this future when people live in space for a long time, we'll have that and all these problems will be solved. It's like, well, we need to start really checking that out now, don't we? We need to put something in yeah. space and and start spinning it and, and see if it if it helps these I problems. I suspect it would solve a lot of problems still. Now, obviously, radiation is the other huge thing. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're being bombarded with cosmic radiation and not, um, and it's and you're not adequately shielded from it, then uh, that's another huge thing. But uh, I think you solve a lot of problems with gravity, and even if it's partial, you know, what if, what if you have a space station with, you know, half a g? I, I think yeah, that, well, that all, all I'm saying is, Stephen, we don't actually know that centrifugal force and gravity will will impact the human body the same way, right? Or do we? I mean, have, have those tests ever been run? We assume, right? We suspect. We assume. But it's, I, I think it's time they start doing the research, right? They, 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 yeah. they know what they well, know I mean, what zero G is doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, I, we, yeah, those tests can't be done until we try. So yeah, uh, exactly. I yeah, think that you know. the closest we've ever come to trying, I think, is Gemini. They did a little bit of spinning uh, of a couple of capsules tethered together or something like that back in Gemini. But that's they they barely did it. It scared them to death, and they didn't want to do it again. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, and uh, but it's uh, I think it's something that needs to be needs to be tried. Hey, think of, uh, speaking of things that need to be tried, here you go, Skylon, the plane that can fly anywhere in the world in four hours. This was over on Futurism.com, and this is pretty cool. Okay, we hear about we hear about these ideas for super fast planes every now and then. So I, I try not to get too excited. But one of the things that kind of sets this one apart is they're hinging it all on a new engine technology. They call it the Sabre engine, this hybrid air-breathing rocket engine that will give you this single-stage, basically, aircraft vehicle that can fly anywhere in the world fast or can take you up into space, can take you can take you uh, effectively into orbit. It's a well, beautiful it's a, idea. It's a suborbital uh, uh, spacecraft, isn't it? It's, uh, well, I, I believe they're saying it's orbital as well, that they can actually... Wow. They, they can actually fly it up to uh, to orbital speeds. I, I'm sure initially it would be suborbital, and and definitely it would be for all those Earth flights, right? You wouldn't go into orbit, you know, on your four-hour flight from New York to Tokyo or whatever. But uh, but 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 yeah, the the idea is ultimately you've got the world's fastest airplane, plus you've got the the true spaceship. What I love about this is it leaps ahead, right? This is kind of like okay, well now you're talking, right? This is this this is kind of a if this will work this is the kind of thing that Virgin Galactic ought to be looking at right this is this is research that you would think even SpaceX would be interested in this it's like everybody should look at this and go okay well here's some here's some new technology that really kind of propels us in the direction of space and also propels us into the future of aviation kind of combines those two things and does it in a way we weren't necessarily expecting or that no one has been necessarily talking about I like that kind of stuff. I I, oh, I I I wish these folks well. I hope this I hope this turns out. And it's and it's a jet. And it's 100 percent a jet and 100 percent a rocket engine at the same. Yeah, time. exactly. You yeah. don't have to. Have, it's it's not like you have to have a rocket engine right next to the uh, to the uh, to the jet. It it manages to do both, and uh, and hopefully it's a uh, it's you know it, it doesn't compromise. It you get you get 100 percent of both, and that's that's the hope. We've, yeah, we've I don't, kind of been following go these Faber engines. We've mentioned them, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, a couple of times uh, in the last year or so. And uh, it's, uh, 
I, I hope they continue to be developed. Well, I would think Skyline, a company, you know, of that, of the size they probably are, is looking for partners, looking for someone big to get interested in this and to push it to the next step. So if it's real, we can we can expect to hear they've merged with or been acquired by or are partnering with one of the one of the big names and something big will come of it. Stay tuned. Some company that maybe is tired of SpaceX getting all the space headlines, right? You know, <laughs> Boeing right. wants a Boeing wants a, a piece of that, or Lockheed Martin, or somebody like that. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, or Elon Musk just says, you know what? I can incorporate this into my vision. Come on, <laughs> that's Island. right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want, I want I want this too. Yeah. This sounds good yeah. to me too. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll right. we'll see. Um, anyway, uh, it's great to have additional stuff like this in the mix. One of the great things about tracking the future is there's so many paths forward, and we keep finding more and more of them. Just like the weekly cure for cancer. And now, now we've got kind of the, the weekly path into the, the next stage of space. All yeah, and we, we, we mentioned that from time to time, that we've got a weekly cure for cancer. And, and I always hope that, uh, it, that people understand that we're being serious. We're not, we're not trying to be light. I, I, yeah, we're not flippantly describing people's research as, as you know, hype or something like that. Uh, it's yeah. just that just about every week. If we wanted to, we could do a story about uh, an exciting new cancer development. We we really are seeing yeah, there, tremendous there is progress room, being made. There's room in this world for a weekly, uh, you know, uh, cancer podcast that would talk about, you know, what what's happening in the world of cancer. So, which kind of brings us to our geek out this week, doesn't it? Hey, let's geek out. All right, yeah. What do, what do, what do, what, do, what do we want to get into this week on our geek out, Stephen? My thought was this, Phil. I was, uh, you know, we have been doing this since 2005. We've been podcasting since uh, uh, doing a futuristic podcast since 2005, and that was the year of the birth of podcasting. We didn't even know to call it podcasting at first. We just, you know, we, this is internet radio is what we called it, I think. And, um, and it was two or three years later we figured out, hey, we're podcasting. <laughs> that's um, right. Oh, I, I know what this is. It's called a podcast. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we've had a chance to kind of acquire some knowledge about how to do it. And if any, you know, um, if if uh, you're out there and you're wondering, well, I wonder if this is something I would enjoy doing. I thought we'd just uh, throw a little, you know, throw some tips out there. It's stuff that we've picked up along the way. You can't help but learn a little bit, right, uh, given as much time as we put into it. So I thought uh, we, you know, put our two cents in about what what it takes to do this well. And I think it's a great idea. If so, if you're interested in doing a podcast, what is the most important thing? The most important thing going into it is you have to have a subject that you're interested in talking about, right? I Absolutely. think that's the yeah. that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. Um, it, it can be a whole a whole series of subjects. You know, we've we've kind of taken a very broad range of topics for our show, or it can be pretty narrow. People do podcasts just about highly specialized interests. That, that they have, you know, a particular sport, or people do a podcast just talking about one TV show, or, you know, people who like to play bridge, or whatever it is. There, there are podcasts that cover the gamut of human interest, and the thing is, if you're going to do it, if you're going to record yourself talking about something, maybe interview other people, you know, make, make a regular thing out of it, you want to find something that you're passionate about, something that you're interested in, something that you will wish you had more time, even when you're the only one setting the time limits on how long the podcast goes. And that's what <laughs> we, we have. With we, we, yeah, I mean, we find that, oh, it's, it's time to stop, stop talking now. We, that's, that's probably every show. 
I mean, we, we go over and, and then wish we had, you know, more time, but you know, that's the limit we set for ourselves is we try to aim for a 30 minute show and I, you know, and we sometimes hit it and we sometimes go over. Anyway, um, I would say also, Phil, um, you know, it's important to listen to a lot of podcasts to kind of, to learn from many different people by listening to, okay, here's how, here's, here's how they do it. And, you know, can I do something similar to this? And listen to good podcasts that you enjoy listening listening to, and uh, learn learn from them before you start podcasting. And, and I'm not suggesting that you know you need to spend five years figuring out how to do it because we sure didn't. You know, we um, we just started talking uh, and uh, and and learned along the way. But you know, it might be good at this point. You know, since uh, it's not it's not an art form that's just it's being developed uh, like it was in 2005. It, that uh, you know, maybe maybe you know, listen to four or five different people that you enjoy listening to, and uh, and spend some time learning from them, and uh, then and then then launch your podcast. So well, one of the things you'll you'll just, yeah, one of the things you'll discover if you if you do that is that there are a lot of different kinds that right. you, you can you can get a handle on what kind you want to do based on the fact that you know some are all it's always a guest, it's always an interview. Some are just always the same two people talking. Uh, our show is kind of a hybrid between between those two things, or, or sometimes it's three or four people. I mean, it, it really depends on on what they're doing. Some of them feel more like a live radio show. Some of them feel more like kind of a highly produced segment on NPR. There's lots of different ways to do it. And when you marry up what you're interested in with your way of approaching it, then then you're on your way to sort of conceptualizing what your podcast is going to be. Right. Well, and uh, I think it would help, Phil, um, if uh, if you're interested in podcasting, uh, to uh, to pick a an area, be it narrow or wide or whatever, that might that might not be overserved already, right? You know, if you know if if you you know are passionate about politics and want to do a a political podcast, well, okay, that's fine. But there are a million podcasts out there already about uh, about politics, right. and uh, and so you know it might be better to find an area that's uh, that there are not too many people talking about. You can gain an audience there. You there, you know, regardless of what narrow interest you're talking about, I promise you, there's lots of people out there that are interested, and they'll find you if uh, you know um, if you're you know on one of the services and you're you know put out there what you're doing and you'll, you'll gain an audience, but, uh, um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it would help if you're not, you know, the, 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 the two millionth, uh, uh podcast about politics. Just, just well, if, if, if you are, here's the thing you need to say, you need to have a voice and you need to say something distinct. If, yeah, if, you if you've got a podcast where 40 other people are already saying the exact same things you're going to say, why, why would anyone listen to that? Right. That's the, yeah. the, the, the point is, You've got to you've got to give it a spin. You've got to you've got to slice it into a an area of interest that people are gonna that people are gonna want to hear about. And I think that's kind of the trick. It's not that you don't go where other people are, but it's that you stamp it out, right? You make it you make it unique. You make it your own. You make it your own thing. And if you can do that, then you're going to have a tremendously successful podcast, even if it's you know a very small audience that you're speaking to. Because you know some of these niche things, there's there's not hundreds of millions of people interested in them, but 
it's okay. There's a community of people that you want to talk to, and you and and you want to reach those folks. I like I like yeah. your next tip that you put down here, Stephen. Don't script. Now, what we do is we put an outline together, so we have some right. idea of where we are, kind of tracking through the the things we want to talk about. But we but but if people are reading, you can hear that, and the whole thing feels forced and phony, doesn't it? Well, we've done that, and we did that at the very beginning. We tried to script every word we said in the first in our first few shows, and number one, way too much work. Yeah. Number two, it's not good listening. I mean, nobody wants to hear you sit there and, you know, recite the phone book. It just doesn't work uh, for for radio and so or podcasting. So don't don't do that. It, but on the other hand, I've 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 uh, I've suffered through uh, listening to podcasts that did the opposite and not have anything to talk about. You know, you need to have a list of things that you that you can fall back on when you said all that you want to say about a particular thing. You need to have the next thing to talk about or close the show, right? I mean, yeah, um, exactly. don't, don't yeah. sit there and him and haul and try to fill up time without anything to talk about. And yeah, don't uh, punish yourself or your listeners, right? You know, if you got nothing <laughs> that's to say, right. uh, wrap it up. And we will talk to you next time. Kind of time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so leave, leave them wanting more. And that, that's the best way is to, when you, when you said all you need to say, uh, it's, it's time to end the podcast. But I number six, Phil, uh, we've. I'm going to just say this: have a co-host. Now, I've heard some very good solo podcasts. You know, just a single individual get on there, talk passionately about a something, and and it's and it's pretty good. And it's um and 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 they're good at it. But uh, I've heard a whole lot of. I'm going to just say, put it this way. Your your likelihood to fall flat on your fa- face and fail as a as, as a podcaster are magnified tenfold if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. If I ha- you know if I've got a middle block or you know I'm stumbling over my words, Phil jumps in and you know and 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 and, and talks. Whereas if uh, if I'm there by myself and experience that, then guess what the the audience gets punished. And that's right. That's, you get the so, you get the dead air. Although I will right. say, if you're if you're doing one by yourself, your outline can be a lot more detailed. It's, it's still probably not <laughs> sure. a good idea to just to read, but you, you definitely you definitely want to have a fairly straightforward list of things you're going to talk about and know when you've said them and 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 right. know when you're and know when you're done. In fact, probably some of the folks who do who do solo podcasts do just pretty much read them, and I think that's a little less jarring than when it's an interaction between two people because the good side of having a co-host is you get the banter right you get the back and forth right. i don't always know what you're going to say you don't know what i'm going to say and it creates that and i mean and you have moments you know, serendipity right humor. anything can happen right, on the yeah. show because yeah, you can have because it's not planned humor where i say something that surprises you and you find it humorous and, and we laugh i mean that's 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 good that's good radio right? it's good listening it's good podcasting so yeah so show a sense of humor i think that's a that's a big thing and uh, regardless of how serious the topic is that you're covering, I mean, I, I listened to a, a a good cancer podcast one time that uh, I mean it was they were laughing and and showing a sense of humor. I mean, there's I, is there any podcast uh, any subject that you can't show a sense of humor? I'm not sure. It seems to me that uh, that you can and and should because that uh, you know allows the audience to connect. With and I think that's important too. I think I think it's a it's a real important uh, 
way of humanizing your content and and just reaching out. It's people people like yeah. it. And, and then and then the last one, and have guests but not too soon. Yeah, and yeah. it makes it fun. I mean, that's you know why you're doing this. You want to have some fun yeah. um, and get rich like we have. I think that's the other one. <laughs> yeah, just but, filthy rich. <laughs> but but um, have guests but not too soon. I think that's a, that's a really good idea. You want to discover your own voice. You want to know what you're saying. And you don't want it just to be what everybody else has to say. You want it, you want it to be what, what you have to say, too. So you might want to do a few shows where the guests aren't that important or where they're, they're not the whole thing or where you don't even have any because you're working through kind of your own voice and, and, what, and what you want to see. It, it, definitely you can develop that as you go talking to guests, but having your own kind of space and having your own statement to make is critical because, you know, swing it back. It's how you distinguish yourself from everybody else who's also doing a show sort of about the same things you're talking about. You know, I, we have a few guests, and I won't name names still, but uh, it's, it's often, you know, that when we have them on, we just know that we're not going to talk much. You know, that, uh, right. Uh, that They've got a lot to that say, and, guest, it, and they don't need much prompting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That show is going to be that guest, and we know it in advance. And that's fine if it's a great guest, but, uh, you know, you know, you really do need to develop your own voice if it's going to be your podcast. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, you're yeah. just giving a spiel at the beginning and the end, right? And you're that's right. Yeah. T- turn, turning uh, you the recorder on for someone else. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it would be you know Stephen hosts, you know so and so, or Stephen presents so and so, and then you know I just present it and, and then shut up for that guest. Well, that I guess that's okay, but uh, it could be made to work. But I think it might be better to uh, to actually have your own. Thing to say. Uh, you, so. you gotta have, you, I mean, hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta have something to say. If you don't have something to say, you know, C.1, why are you doing a podcast, right? That's, uh, that's, that's right. That's the point. Well, listen, speaking of spiels at the end of the show, we uh, have got to call it uh, on that uh, particular edition of Geek Out. We were in a little bit long, but hey, we have a lot to say on the subject of podcasting. We, we should do a whole show on this at some point. I think we could, uh, we could probably provide a lot of insights to folks who are interested in getting their own podcast going, and I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it a little bit. Well, there you go. That's our show about anywhere in the world in four hours, a little bit of space news, a little bit of science news, a little bit of geeking out over podcasting. Stephen, it's been great talking with you. It's been great having you all with us. We look forward to being with you again next week. We'll have three brand new shows, and until next time, live to see it. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 